Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting all about food blogging, so stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click Buy Me a Coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Debbie. Uh, I would like to file a grievance against restaurants that are located in places where families congregate but are not family-friendly restaurants. I also have that grievance. Um, this is not the situation where we accidentally took our baby to a bar and it turned out it was 21 or older after 3 p.m. except it's like right in the middle of the college campus and it made no sense. Um, my husband was also extremely annoyed about that. This is actually, we went to Indiana um, to see my grandmother and my aunt and uncle. My cousin was there, and it had it was her birthday the week prior, so we all went out to dinner for her birthday. And the restaurant was located in this, like, big outdoor mall. It's, like, a very popular outdoor mall in this town. And lots and lots of families. And the restaurant had no high chairs, no booster seats, like nothing kid friendly on the menu, which is like the menu part is fine for my kid because she's so fucking weird and eats <laughs> everything. Although there was a lot of shellfish, which she can't have. Uh, so I did have to like order strategically. Um, but like, it's it, like, it was very clear that they were trying to discourage people from bringing their kids and yet there were lots of kids in this restaurant so clear because they're literally in the middle of a place where like obviously people are bringing their families obviously people are bringing their families like if you don't want to change your menu that's fine but at least have a fucking booster seat or like offer to bring like a slightly smaller glass to put my child's lemonade in or like something something yeah like i was like Oh my gosh. So it was quite the dining experience. And also, I'm not going to be that person that's going to let my kid be an asshole in a restaurant. So there was a lot of like, okay, we're waiting for this and you aren't strapped into anything. So let's go walk around outside right. and text me what our food is here. Like, it was not a pleasurable dining experience. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely weird. I don't, I mean, I don't know how big that town is, whether or not they think they need to have it, but I've been in places in Austin, which is full of families and small children, and there have been lots of restaurants where they don't have anything. No high chair, no, no nothing at all. Like, I can get the, I can understand the cup thing sometimes, although... You know that they have smaller cups right. for, like, certain things. Right, because, like, the water glasses were slightly smaller, but he just brought this giant glass of lemonade, <laughs> and I was like, I mean, she was, like, digging it, and she does really well with glassware for being two and a half, but, like, I was just, because she, like, plopped herself down in the chair, and she's like, just picks up the glass of water, so of course. Shaking. And, of course, my aunt and grandmother were like, <gasps> and I was like, she's fine, she won't, and she didn't spill a drop, but, like, 
it was just one of those like I, and I I mean I get it because I, I work at a restaurant that doesn't have any high chairs or boosters or anything and has like a very limited seasonal menu so mm-hmm. like most of the time parents look at the menu before they go and see like oh this is not a kid friendly menu or whatever right and that they are bringing their kids they're really they're the kind of kids you want at a restaurant they're really well behaved they eat everything um so i don't take my kid to the restaurant i work at because she's not quite the right age to not be like strapped into a chair right (laughs) but also like (laughs) i didn't pick this restaurant but also like the restaurant i work at is not located where there are a bunch of families congregating yeah like that was the thing that was the part that was really puzzling to me like you are located in the middle of a giant outdoor mall where there's like bajillions of families and people are just gonna walk in and like clearly there's like kids sitting two tables over in their like elsa dresses like clearly (laughs) you're getting kids just buy some fucking booster seats to make it easier on your patrons nah it's weird anyway so that's my grievance to file like do what you want but also like you might look like an asshole a lot of those restaurants too will like they'll allow you to bring your dog it makes no sense but you can't bring your children which is a whole thing like my kid's not gonna poop on the floor (laughs) come on Right. Not sniffing people's butts or crotches. Right. Well, and that was also, it was also strange because they did have a changing table in the bathroom. Well, they're required to have changing tables in the bathroom. I think it's like an OSHA, not OSHA, uh, it a must health o- department It must be thing. like a certain, it must only be like a, because some restaurants don't have changing tables. Yeah, I think it's like but a capacity depends. thing. Oh, yeah, that might be. If they're like a, you know, if they can seat so many people, I think maybe they are required to have it. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, I mean, it was like in the like large like handicap stall or whatever. So maybe yeah. it's like a, if you have a handicap stall, you have to, or something. I'm sure there's like a caveat I don't know. It. It's weird because then what happens when you have a handicapped person who needs to use the handicap stall, but then you also need to change your baby. Like, why do they put them in the same place? It's really annoying. It's really, I have been in bathrooms where they're not in the same place, but they are almost always the same stall. And you're like, cause I have had that thought. I'm like, okay, well I'm going to go in there with her. Like, even though she was decided that what she really needed to do was sit on the potty for 0.3 seconds, but whatever. Sure. Um, we're in that. You never know. We're in that stage. (laughs) Um, and, because I was like, okay, well, I sure hope someone who's like needs this stall doesn't come in because I'm gonna feel like an asshole. Right. Anyway, that was that's my that's my story about my <laughs> restaurant experiences of late. Although we did have one really great night. We the after we got kicked out of the bar that was apparently 21 or older, um, but there was no signage to indicate as such. Uh, we went to a different place and she did great that night. Like they did have a booster seat and it was, it was bar food. So it was very friendly, like, you know, kid friendly food or whatever. Kid friendly. My kid eats kimchi. So I don't know. Take that as you will. But she did great. She was super patient. She was just like chilling. I was like, okay, we're getting to the sage. But then we had the next night, the couple nights later where she was like, I need to walk around. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster, for sure. It's fine. We'll get there. She'll learn. But the the main problem I find now with restaurants is that oh, so many restaurants just have TVs, and my kids will just like yes. stare at them. And then especially, <laughs> we went to Flingers on Friday. Oh, uh huh. And 
they have a sports center on most of the time. Yes. And so Reese like watches sports. He likes to watch it and he like reads the tickers and then he starts talking about whatever's like shown on the screen. We're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, because your back is to it. Because like I took the boys to Flingers when you guys were in Vegas and my back was to the TVs and then and he and and Max were facing and he's like watching and he's like babbling about it and like Max and I are like, first of all, we don't care. Second (laughs) of all, what are you talking about? I mean, granted, we generally don't know what he's talking about. That's true. We also, whenever we drive down the road, he'll be like, did you see that car? I'm like, I, I'm driving. I saw some cars. I don't But I don't know. know if that car is the same car that I saw. He identifies houses in the neighborhood by what kind of car they have in the driveway, too. Well, so that's I'm just helpful like, because I don't it's not know. like cars leave, come and go. I know. Or may or may not permanently live there. He's trying to tell me about somebody's house where they have a dog. And he's like, you know, the car, the house with the blue Mustang. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I would have absolutely no idea because I actually look at the house. I look at the house. I don't pay any attention to what kind or of car like, they have. If they have weird yard ornaments, like the bear house. <laughs> yes. Or the one I, by I think Oakland. the bear house got new bears. Ooh, I'm sure that they I'm trying little, to keep track of the bears situation. The bear situation. <laughs> and well, and then there's that house over by the Oakland Jewel that's got like, the the, fake the deer, deer like chained to their front yep. door. Uh huh. Yeah, I know that house. <laughs> like if he uses those markers, we'll we definitely know, know what house it is. But the house of the blue Mustang, absolutely not. <laughs> not not a clue. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, not much. I was reading this article the other day though about you know how there have been lots of stories lately. About how no one wants to work anymore. Oh, yes. So it pointed out The boomers that love to write articles about that. It pointed out that this actually has been a refrain for like 20 years, mm-hmm. first of all. But secondly, someone actually took a look at like who's been leaving the workforce. Mm-hmm. And it's actually old people. Yeah. Because they're retiring. Because yeah. there's so many people of retirement age because of the baby boom generation right. situation they're all getting to retirement age at the same time yeah so they're all leaving the workforce at the same time makes so sense it's their fault <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it's also a little bit about like how people are realizing they don't want to sign up anymore for like the same kind of situation just that those people nonsense. had where they like just day worked at the day. same place yes forever and yes. tried to get ahead and like did the rat race and all this nonsense yes and i was just like oh my god there's so many truths here yes. and that made me think about how we transitioned yes into the really flexible but also kind of crazy world of food blogging it's true yes we did because I, I 100% gave the middle finger to the rat race. And I was like, <laughs> fuck you, rat race. You're stressing me out. And I left. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's yeah. food blogging. Yeah. Because we realized that after however many years we've been doing this podcast, <laughs> we haven't actually done an episode on food blogging. Yeah. We've kind of talked about it a little bit here and there with other topics, but not like fully focused. Dedicated. Yeah. So, um... Actually, before before we dive in, it might actually be helpful just to remind everyone how we each got into food blogging. 
we both had slightly different entries and came in at it at different times. Yeah, so I've had a food blog for approximately 1,000 years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, because it's August, it's actually like my blog anniversary this month. Oh! But it'll, so it'll be like, I don't, I don't even know, like 15 years of having food blog, which is a really long time. I mean, mine is 11 years next month, so yeah. yeah. We're so old. We're like old lady grandmas of we the food are. blogging world, um, <laughs> which is crazy because we should be more successful, but it's fine. <laughs> it's because we were in the rat race for so long. It's true. Um, For me, it was mostly related to the fact that I became a mom and I need to start cooking food. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always like really liked cooking and I was into cooking when I was a little kid and I would cut out recipes from like magazines and stuff and I would make those, but I didn't really know a whole lot. And obviously like once you're on your own for the first time, <laughs> that's really like you're Suddenly, in the deep food end. food does not just appear anymore. Yeah. It's really annoying. <laughs> that's like when you actually have to do it. And especially having a kid, I was like, I really actually have to like have figure to f- this out. I have to feed this thing. I have to feed this thing and I'll... I want to feed him good things, and I feel very responsible for his growth and well-being. Um, so I started going to farmers markets and learning about food, and reading a few other blogs. Like uh, the first two blogs that I remember ever reading were Homesick Texan uh-huh. and Smitten Kitchen. Uh huh. Those were my first blogs that I read, um, and I had a website. Because I like had a live journal and then I transitioned it to a website. So my first posts on my website were just like live journal crap, uh-huh. basically. Um, and those are all gone. Which now. was common for Which that was very time. common. Let's be clear. Um, and then I started making my own recipes and posting them. And yeah. And then, gosh, I started, there was a thing called. There's like a foodie blog roll. There was food buzz. Oh my God. All of these food things. Buzz. Food buzz. We used to have to like manage our own ad waterfalls. Like, it was a whole lot. People are lucky to come and do it now because it's so Honestly, much easier. It was a wild. It's west. harder, but easier. Well, how did you get started? Um, so, I like in order to really know how I got started, you kind of have to go back to my senior year of college. So, um, like we talked about last week, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis my senior year of college, and um, I was just so sick and miserable, and at some point my second semester, I was also stressed about like trying to get a job, and I gra- so I graduated in 2011, which was still not... It wasn't like graduating in 2008, but it still was not a great time for getting a job after you graduated. <laughs> so I just like spent the whole semester like stressed as fuck about everything in my life and I felt like shit. And so somehow all of that led me to like starting to read food blogs because it was like a very like calming thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember some of the first ones I started reading. Smitten Kitchen was one of mine. Um, Joy the Baker. Oh yeah, Joy the Baker, obviously, definitely. Obviously, Joy the Baker um, and and Shutterbean because mm-hmm. uh, they're best friends. And um, there's actually a gal that now I am friends with, uh, Amy from Bellyful. That's not what her blog used to be called, though. I think 
used to be called Berry Culinary. She rebranded. Oh, yeah. Uh, but she, I forgot that was it was Somehow called. I stumbled across her blog. And so, like, she was somebody that I used to read a thousand years ago, which she thought was very funny when we, like, became <laughs> friends. And I told her, I was like, you're one of the very first blogs I started reading. And then when I graduated the summer, the summer after I graduated, I lived at home before my job started and I moved up to Chicago. And so then I just was like, and my mom was working a few days a week and my dad was working full time. And so I made a lot of our dinners and I was baking a lot of stuff I found on these blogs. And then I started like tweaking the recipes and I was just like sharing pictures of it on Facebook because that's what you did in 2011 um and I was like I really enjoy doing this and I do really like writing and uh my best friend Erin convinced me to start a blog and so um especially after I moved out of the house and like I would come home from my job and it was just me and Cora Mm. in our apartment and I was bored as fuck because (laughs) I went from being the kid who did everything at school all of the time and had packed evenings to like well, now it's just me and my cat and my TV. I'm <laughs> bored. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll give this a try. Um, and yeah, it was, so yeah, that was 2011. Um, so my blog will turn 11 next month. Yeah. And that was, those were the days when you could just like snap a shitty picture with your point and shoot. Oh yeah. And toss it in, in your kitchen post, with a yellow light. In your kitchen with a yellow light. And share the recipe, and you like the most of the blog post was just like what you did that day or that week, and then at the end you maybe be like, by the way, here's this apple cake I made, yeah. and it's really awesome. You should try it. Yep. Um. So <laughs> that was the olden days. Yeah, because in the olden days it was definitely like you felt you felt like you were friends with these people. Mm-hmm. You would read about their day. You would have. Your Google Reader, pour one out for Google Reader. I still miss it. Uh, you go through and read all your friends' posts that went up that day, yeah. and people would leave comments. Yeah, like, like actual like comments. nice comments, not necessarily about the recipe, but just, just like com- they would comment. They would comment, and you'd have a conversation. And that's how I became like real life friends with some people that like yeah. some bloggers. Um, Christina from Dessert for Two was one of the first like relatively established bloggers to like befriend me mm-hmm. and then uh julia from the roasted root who ended up being in our wedding like <laughs> that's how close we became through a, what started as blog post comments mm-hmm. like amy from bellyful like there are people that i'm like facebook friends with people that i've met in person like mm-hmm. even outside of meeting at conferences that i like established like actual friendships with yeah like that way it's super weird still. It is very strange. Because I think that it's probably a lot different. I would imagine now, like if you were to start a food blog now, like meeting people in the community is probably a whole lot different than it was in the dark ages. Yeah, I think it de- it depends too on how you're meeting them because you're not going to necessarily... Because there's so many people who have been around for so long, like mm-hmm. us, like we have like our people. Right. And it's not that we wouldn't necessarily want to meet new people or whatever. It's just right. that when you go to conferences or other events, it's like, well, you want to see all your friends because right. you haven't seen them in so long. Exactly. So you kind of accidentally <laughs> ignore new people. Right. Or like, 
if you meet someone new, it's probably because someone in your circle like has met them and is yeah. like, oh, I this is so and so. They're really mm-hmm. cool, and you're like, okay, they seem chill. Like, but yeah, I don't know. Like, if you're a new food vlogger, like how like. Is it because you would join like Facebook, like industry, like Facebook groups and like recognize names there? Maybe follow, maybe it's through Instagram DMs. I don't know. If someone has an answer, please tell us because we have no idea because we're old. Yeah, I don't know. I there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of Facebook groups and I guess some people like do befriend each other in Facebook groups and, mm-hmm. but I, I don't really know. I feel like, it's I feel weird. like maybe Instagram is, and like Instagram DMs are maybe like what our blog post comments used to be. She, the Gross. Face that she, <laughs> she's really, she's really angry about the direction that Instagram has taken these Look, days. every vlogger I know is angry <laughs> about really the annoying. direction It's of really Instagram. fucking annoying. It is extremely annoying. But Megan especially has a lot to say. I like pictures. It's not that I don't like video. It's just that I don't have time necessarily to create all of the video that I need to be supposedly making right to be able to be seen right what's annoying is that Instagram is prioritizing reels and video over photos which is what they fucking start like they're trying to be TikTok yes like if I want if I want TikTok I would look at TikTok TikTok. where I don't look at food things at all no I (laughs) when food things pop up I'm like no I'm not there's Don't a, show me work things. There's a couple exceptions where I follow a coffee guy and he does like simple syrup recipes and coffee recipes. And I, oh. I follow him. That's fair. That's like totally not what I would normally see in other places though. Yes. But I am not like... I don't want to watch any other food No, I very specifically like TikTok. try... Like I have a couple of friends that are on TikTok that are food bloggers. Like Brandy from That Nanny. I follow her, but that's because like very like a small percentage of her TikToks are actually food. Mm-hmm. A lot of them is like her just being brandy. Right. So like that's the kind of content I follow that might have some food stuff, but like if it is just only food, I'm not very likely to follow it because I'm, I'm like, no, this is my non-workspace. <laughs> <laughs> so we could talk, let's talk about the changes. Oh my gosh. So, obviously, when you and I started, as we were saying, it was about the story. Yes. And now people get really angry oh God, if you have a story. So and I, I want to say, first of all, it's dumb that you get angry. And secondly, if you are going to be that person on Twitter who's like, ha ha, you could kill a person in your, in your post and no one would notice. Right. Like, that joke is old and tired and you're dumb. Yes. Like, you don't... Granted, some posts are still out there that are written like that right. because we don't have time to rewrite all of right, them. Right, because again, we've been <laughs> blogging for like t- 10 plus years and so we have a lot of content on our websites and right. you probably came across a post that we didn't even remember was there. But now posts are long because we include lots of information in them. Yeah, you're showing your ass. Also, you're complaining about something free. Yes, that's my main gripe about it. Blogs are free. We give you free content. We spend a lot of time and money to give you free things. I'm going to tell you right now. You could skip the blah blah and get a recipe, like use, exclusively use all recipes to, to get your, your food, your recipe content. Also free. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now, 99% of the time, those recipes are jacked as fuck. (laughs) And also if you have a question about it, 
you're not there's no one to answer no one your to question answer. you have to like maybe look in the comments like maybe someone will have made it and be like oh by the way this is got too much sugar in it you have to right. reduce it by blah 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 yes right. like, exactly blogger recipes have been tested multiple times sometimes by multiple people in like multiple different situations mm-hmm. so that we know when we're putting it up it's gonna work yeah, because we don't want to go to a recipe that doesn't work either. No. I have also been a person who has made recipes from bloggers and they have turned out poorly. And I have been the person on the receiving end of I've told them it doesn't work and they get really angry at me. And so I understand. I get it. I get it. But also, like, it is still free. Yes. And so it's kind of the same thing where, like, you should move forward with kindness. Yes. Like, be, there's a real person. There's a real person. We are spending real money to give you this thing for free. But all like just be kind if you have a problem with like an actual problem. Like not being able to use your little scrolly finger is not a problem. No, that's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. Also, problem with the recipe. Like just be kind about if it. A, if you have a problem with the recipe, but your prologue to your problem is all of the things you changed about the recipe (laughs) that's also not actually that's actually a personal problem right (laughs) let's just say that (sighs) i was supposed to say that okay so the the complainers are annoying as shit so we yeah one of the biggest things that's changed is that like you might give like a little bit of an intro of like your personal connection to the recipe or something like that especially Mm -hmm. if it's a family recipe or like maybe how you found it but you're looking at like 100 200 words max right like it's like a few paragraphs and then most of that post is question like frequently asked questions it's tips about like why should you use this particular pan are there any helpful tools that are going to make this recipe more successful for what you? What it should look like as you're mixing it up. How do you store it? Can you... Oh my God. Can you freeze it? Everyone wants to know if you can freeze everything. Literally everything. Literally. I, I People on Google search, can you freeze Rice Krispie treats? To which I ask... But why? But why? People <laughs> have asked, can you freeze hard-boiled eggs? To which I ask... Oh. But why? Like, but I, can you though? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I chose not to answer that question. <laughs> but you know, there's like everyone wants to know if you can freeze things. So it'll say like it's 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 information like that that you might be wondering as you're like, hmm, oh well, okay. How do I store the leftovers? Like, what do I mm-hmm. do with it? Like, what if it doesn't look quite right? Like, what is it supposed to look like? That's the stuff that's in the blog post. So. Just take a look. Just take a scroll. Take a take a little like. Oh, is there are there any interesting headings here that might, you know, hit some questions that I have because it's a wealth of knowledge. Right yes, there. we do try to make it as useful as possible because we're not trying to screw you over when we post a recipe. Like we want you to make it and like it. Yes. Yes. Weird. And you know, like all of, all of those questions. Like if you're a really advanced cook or baker. You probably can skip past most of that. You can probably use the jump to recipe button, make the recipe, and you're like, sure, good to go. But we also want to recognize that there are people of all different skill levels in the kitchen, like reading our sites. Yeah. And so just because there's a long post with like questions doesn't mean it's a hard recipe. It just means like we want to make sure that be- even beginners can be successful with the recipe. And if you're not a beginner, you might not need all that information. You can just go right to the recipe and do your thing. 
The other more most fun part of them complaining about the post being really long and not having just the recipe is that they also complain about the ads, which pay for you to get it for free. <laughs> yeah. We don't really love the ads either. I don't think anyone, I don't think there's any blogger that's like, yes, I God, love this is a beautiful ad. <laughs> this looks so good. No. But no one does it okay, because so they love it. Let's put it into perspective for everybody. What are we paying for? And like what both like what are we actually paying for? Like what's the overhead? And like what how much time is going into creating a recipe post? Oh, my gosh. I mean, not even ugh, like like not even getting it before we get into like any like yesterday I made a free printable to put on my website. Uh huh. And, like, from start to finish, it took me, like, three hours for, like, just a, a one-page thing that so people just kind of download and print. It's not even, like, yes, that was, like, my morning. That's all I did yesterday morning was yeah. to make this printable. And it doesn't even, like, work properly. <laughs> you're, like, you're still struggling with it. Uh, yeah. So that was just, like, a time thing. But, like, in terms of cost, there is hosting. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a good host, not, like, GoDaddy. Right. Because they suck. So there's hosting. Because you want to make sure that when people go to your website, it doesn't break. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Your domain, which is separate from hosting. Um, If you have a professional email account, like I have a a Google professional workplace Mm -hmm. thing. So that's money. Um, There are subscriptions to multitudes of organizational tools Mm -hmm. um, like Airtable or Asana or Trello or Monday, Mm -hmm. a subscription to Canva, subscriptions to the Adobe suite. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gosh, what else am I paying for? A VA costs a lot of money. Yeah, so if you have someone helping you run your social media Mm -hmm. accounts, because that's a big time suck. It's It's a big time suck. It takes a lot of time to promote all of that stuff. Um, you might be hiring out, depending on like the size of your site and mm-hmm. you know what you're, you might be hiring out some of the photography services. You might have people on your like payroll or contractors who help you with some of your recipe testing. Like, yes, sometimes we can shoot something over to like our aunt and be like, hey, Aunt Karen, can you please test this cake? See if you like it. But, like. <laughs> Most of the time, you don't want to be just relying on the goodwill of friends and family all right. the time. So it's nice to have someone that you can turn to and that you work with that says, okay, I made this and it worked pretty well, but I would love you to make it as Also, well. someone that you know that is going to actually follow the recipe you wrote and not yes. be like, well, I made it, but I did these six things. And I'm like, but I need you to test that recipe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We like to compensate people for their time. So you need to, you know, you might be hiring someone to do that. Um, if you are, if you are taking your own photos and video, you've got your camera equipment, you've got potentially lights, you've got backdrops, backdrops, props, props, napkins. Yeah. And you have to like constantly replenish linens and backdrops and plates and cups and things because you don't necessarily want to use the same ones over and over again. You can most likely people won't notice. Right. (laughs) Personally. I'm like, mm, maybe I've been using this backdrop a lot. try to mix it up. Try to mix it up, make things look a little bit different. Um, what other stuff? I feel like I just bought. I mean, I just got a new computer because my old one was dying. That's a business expense. I have books on like the science of 
cooking, mm-hmm. you know, the flavor bible, the food lab. Every time Alex develops a recipe, he like digs into the food lab cookbook. Um, recipe writer's handbook. Yeah, there's like a lot of different, um, not just like cookbook cookbooks, but like reference books. Reference books that you might buy um, to reference as a as a recipe developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the ingredients. Of course, yeah. Which you know you might need to make a recipe multiple times mm-hmm. and like be retesting it multiple. So then you're buying the ingredients multiple times. You're trying to figure out how to get rid of this cake several <laughs> times. So at some point your neighbors will run away from you and be like, no more cake, no more cake. So you have to actually socialize with your neighbors to get rid of all the cake in your house. It's really so annoying. Work. I make Alex do that. I straight up make Alex be the delivery guy because you know I don't really want to associate with anyone. So, like, my nightmare situation is, like, walking across the street to the very sweet people that live across. They're so sweet. They're the sweetest older couple that live across the street. But it is, like, my nightmare situation to, like, walk over, knock on their door, and hand them the cake because I don't have their phone number. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, our other neighbor, I will just, like, drop it on her porch and text her and be like, hi, there's cake on your porch. <laughs> I don't ever have to interact. But, like, Alex will very happily walk across to Doug and Mary's house and, like, knock on the door and have a little chit-chat. I'm like, I'm going to send no, my thank you. borderline extrovert husband right. over there because <laughs> I'm not doing that. No. It's not happening. No, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're going, you know, you're you're taking a look. You're, you're taking a look at your recipe. You're figuring out. Well, and you have to research what recipes might be seasonal what are people looking for what are people interested in that's a huge time suck just researching what what you're going to do like planning Mm -hmm. and then once you decide what you're going to do like how it should look because you might think like I've got this great recipe idea but you do have to think about like what people are searching for because in general most people get their traffic from search Mm -hmm. you're not gonna the other thing we used to do we used to just make like these crazy things that would like they would be still be good recipes right but like no one is looking for whatever it is right and it would be like a string of seven ingredients in a row and you're like this is the recipe title crunchy creamy sweet baked happy poppy hour right well because we used to get so much traffic from Pinterest and people yeah. wants to spend hours on Pinterest like scrolling food and being like, that looks really good. I mm-hmm. think I might make that. And so they would pin it and it would get repinned. But Pinterest has changed so much yeah. that, boy, we could do a whole episode on <laughs> our grievances against Pinterest. So you can't, but you can't rely on that anymore. So now you have to think like, okay, I want to make this coffee cake recipe. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to use these ingredients, but I need to think of how I can frame it in a way that people are going to find it and mm-hmm. find it enticing and want to make it. And it's also going to fit the thing that they were searching for to begin with. Right. Because you don't want to have people searching for cinnamon coffee cake and you've named something cinnamon coffee cake, but there's like a dusting of cinnamon on top and it's mostly like blueberries and peaches. <laughs> like that's not... That's not what we're doing here. That is incorrect. Right. Like you want to you wanna be giving people what they're looking for. And so figuring out what they're looking for, figuring out how it fits with what your site does and does it align with, you know, the content mm-hmm. that you create and the recipes you develop and scheduling it out and figuring out when you're going to have time to make it and test it and possibly retest it and photograph it and then edit the photos and write the post and 
pop it into WordPress and publish the post and then promote it on social media. And then promote it again and then remember to promote it again and then again, <laughs> which is the part that I really struggle with. Like I'm, that's, your, that's where you fall off. You're I'm like, great uh, at like nope. getting that initial promotion where like I'm going to pin it. I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. I'm going to get it on Instagram. And then I forget about it for like six months. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, I have that recipe. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm really good at it for the site I work full time for. Um, or I'm better at it for that site. I am horrible at it for my own site. Yeah. Because I get bored. I get bored. It's really, like, it's not, that's one of the things why people hire VAs for it. Because it's not that it's hard. It's a time suck. It's a time suck. It is tedious to schedule out weeks worth of Instagram posts. It's tedious to schedule out weeks worth of Facebook posts. Especially when you have to, like, go back and see, like, what did I already post? What's seasonal right now? What is trending right now? What what will people possibly like? What did well before that I can repost? It's just so many tiny little things to think about. And, and I will also... Max, they have a cutoff of like how much they can accomplish in yeah. a day, in a week. And if you've got a family, like, you know, maybe you can do all of the things for two posts a week. But is that enough going to bring you enough traffic to bring you enough ad revenue to that like, you can keep going. That you can keep doing it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, depending mm-hmm. on if you have another job or a side hustle or whatever. So then you have to think about, okay, what can I hire out so that then I can create more recipes and more mm-hmm. blog posts? Like, what can I take off my plate? So I'm not literally working 18 hours a day. Yeah. It's interesting because there are some people who, like, they're happy to work 18 hours a day. And they're, they're in this, like, time, this mindset where they... You know, if you want to be successful, you have to hustle through it and you have to like get all these posts out and you have to just keep doing it, keep doing it, and keep doing it. I'm like, yes, but also no, <laughs> because I really value my downtime. Yes. And so I'm trying really. We, know, we have talked so much about work-life balance. Work-life balance and boundaries. This and too. For this too, even though we work from home and our time is super flexible and we can basically do whatever we want, like... That doesn't mean that we don't deserve to have a balance. Yeah. So basically, I try I try to work set hours every day mm-hmm. to make sure that I am having that balance. So I will yeah. work basically like from 9 o'clock until 3, mm-hmm. sometimes like 4 if I'm like really in a groove of something yeah. where I'm like, oh, I just want to get it done. But I usually try... Three o'clock is about like when my kids get out of school. Yeah. So they're, and they're coming home and stuff. So like that's the perfect time yep. for me to get it done and put it all away and like then relax. Yeah, I usually work like eight to four ish. Mm. Is like because four eight is when I get usually get home from dropping the baby off at school, and then four is usually when I leave to pick her up. And like sometimes I'll stop at like two or three just depending on like if I've gotten a lot done mm-hmm. um, and I don't have a lot on my to-do list or like I feel good about the rest of the week and I don't have like appointments or something like that um, and that's what works for me because like that's when my kid is out of the house yes and so that's when I can focus less so distractions I, important yeah I try to and I try to leave my weekends open for doing fun things and spending time with my family and spending time with my kids so that she's not you know, oh my gosh, mom was always working. I mean, it used to be when we were first married or when we were living together and didn't have kids, um, I was working a full-time job 
And Saturdays and Sundays were my only time to get recipes made and shot for the vlog. And so like my entire weekend was eaten up with like working. Mm -hmm. And so I had basically, I burnt myself out so quickly by doing that because I had no time off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll still work on the weekend, but only like if I feel like it. Yeah. Well, like, if you have kids that leave you alone. They generally leave me alone. It's big. It's and big. they generally, depending on what I'm making, they generally are interested in whatever it is that I am going to be making. Yes. And that's why they leave me alone. Like this past weekend, I tested a recipe for you guys uh, and it was a donut. So they were psyched about that. Yeah, she's making donuts. <laughs> so I, I mean, I just did that. Like, right when I got up on Saturday, and then right. I was done within a couple of hours, and then I, right. I didn't work the rest of the weekend. Right. Because I mean, great. Because, I mean, let's also remember, like, cooking and baking is also the thing that we like to do. Yeah. So, we enjoy, like, just making a recipe for shits. And so, I mean, if you can also, like, make something you might have been making already, and also, like, get paid to be testing that recipe, like, right. that's pretty dope. I will say, though, one of the funniest things that I always think about is, People always assume that because we are food bloggers, oh my god, yes, we have the most amazing meals every single night, y'all. Yes. We- well, add on, add on, not only being a food blogger, but also having a husband who's a chef, and people think we're eating like Michelin star shit on a daily basis. No, because my dream, my kids are too old for this now, but my dream is to just eat popcorn <laughs> for dinner sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes, well, your kid's young My enough. My kid's young because she goes you get away with to bed at 7. And then sometimes I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm eating popcorn. My kids won't even do like a snack plate dinner anymore, which is very upsetting Extremely to me. Extremely rude. <laughs> like, that's all I want sometimes is I just want to eat some popcorn for dinner and have yeah. it be fine. I think when they went out of town without me, I was like, yep. This is great. I can eat cereal for dinner and no one's going to bother me about eat, it. I'm just going to eat no whatever. I don't have to cook else. anything. You came to my house while we were in Vegas, and you were like, you have to feed them so often. I'm like, yeah. It's really annoying. That, <laughs> yeah. That is the struggle. Like, you're trying to work as a food blogger, making all of these recipes. Yes. And you're not always making the things that are going to be dinner yes. or another meal or right. anything like that. Like, you still have to cook more. And it's very annoying yeah it is annoying and we eat a lot of trash like oh so much panties mac and cheese so much frozen pizza like we dig a frozen pizza at our house oh yeah like i you know it's we get meal kits at my house i don't i know a lot of other food bloggers who also get meal kits yeah we throw we'll throw some um i need to get back on the meal the meal kit train we will throw like chicken tenders in the air fryer throw some fries in there mm-hmm. call it a day yeah like we have there's no shame in that because no. you're feeding people That's you're feeding people good enough yeah when, and when, when you're like making food for a living like i always put it this way like when people are like oh my gosh do you eat like such good meals all the time and i look at them and i'm like so, you know, you're an accountant for a living. When you leave your <laughs> office, do you want to come home and account things? Right. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah. And they go, oh. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Maybe I'd like a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is helpful. My husband um, doesn't work full time. And so it is helpful, like, the days that he has off, he usually makes dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that... because. He hasn't cooked all day, and so he likes to dig around in the kitchen. Because again, 
that is his passion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when you're like, I know if I, mm." (laughs) and I am lucky that I am married to a man who can hold his own in the kitchen. And so I'm not having to like, cause my, you know, growing up, my mom was the only one to make the food because you did not want my dad cooking. Yeah. He could, he could, he could grill things. Mm Mm-hmm. But my mom had to like marinate the things and prep the things and then be like, go grill this thing. Yeah. Husband can cook in in theory. <laughs> like it's not he he, he, he can, tries. I will say he can't I wouldn't say he can cook. I will say he can make things. He can prepare a meal. Yes. I, I feel like that's different from cooking. Yes. He can't like He can put like, the components together. Yes. Mm-hmm. He can put frozen things together. In the air. We don't have an air fryer, but like that same situation in the oven. He's not like me where I can like open up the cupboard and yes. be like, oh, I can combine that and that and that and that and that and we can make that. Yes. Yeah. Which is fine. I feel extremely lucky that I am married to someone who can do that. Where yes. I'm like, look, we've got X, Y, and Z in the fridge that we need to use. Like he'll see it be like, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, well, we've got X, Y, and Z that needs to be used up. So why don't you figure out something that uses that? And then mm-hmm. he'll be like, okay. And off he goes. Right. And then he does whatever, and I'm like, "Oh, good, we used up X, Y, and Z. Good job." Right. I mean, it's fine. It's a it's a good trade off because he makes like most of the money. So, it's like, true. Like, and you do have a good like we have a good you balance. Cook, he cleans. Yeah, it all works out. Yeah, it, it works out. out. I mean, we've been married for a very long time, so like it's it was a work in progress. <laughs> but he's also, I will say, um, like for me having this like weird job that you know, has fluctuating income and weird demands and things like that. He's very supportive of yes. me doing that. Yes. Um, and he doesn't really, like, luckily it doesn't necessarily matter for our family how much money that I make. Yeah. And that's really helpful. And so it's kind of like, like I'm Alex at your house. Yes. Where it's like, it's a bonus. <laughs> right. Because I, like, I have my blog, but then I work full time for our friend's blog because I am, I've always been our family's breadwinner mm-hmm. because, spoiler alert, you don't make a lot working in a kitchen, restaurant kitchen. Um, so, like, it does, for us, it does matter how much money I make. But at the same time, um, I am also married to a man who has never really, like, cared what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I will say to him, like, this job is slowly killing me. He'd be mm. like, okay, like, well, well, let's figure out a solution to that. Like, this sounds like not a good thing to continue doing. Yeah, it and was. So he's like very, and because I have dated guys who were like, oh, you have a, like, I don't really like that you have a food blog. Like, you're on like social media. I don't really like, and I'm like. You might be more important than me. Like, what? What's the what's problem with that? The I don't understand. Here? And I've definitely dated guys that did not like me being such an ambitious woman. But I, Alex, has never ever once in the like nine and a half years we've been together, there's not been a single day where that man has tried to tame me, because <laughs> he's smart enough to know it's not gonna work. Right. So it is nice to like married to someone that's like yeah my wife does this thing and it's weird but it makes the money what is your let's see i'll do it's like this is like gonna be a two-part question okay i'll say what is the most surprising thing that has come out of food blogging for you whether it's like personal or like the culture in general and then two what is your favorite part 
about it? Um, my husband is the answer to the first question. <laughs> uh, because, like, uh, well, I've actually had a lot, a lot of things that have come because of food blogging. Most of my career has in some way, in a round, whether in a very direct way or in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. come about because of blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, Alex and I met briefly in college and were, like, connected through mutual friends but the reason we really started like talking to each other on like Instagram, social media or whatever was because he liked to cook and I was sharing my like blog photos and recipes and content and stuff. And so that's how we really kind of started talking and mm-hmm. then it like snowballed from there. Um, but it, it's been really surprising to just kind of look back over the last decade plus and see like, oh, that definitely was like, in a roundabout way because of my blog or because I have a love of cooking or, um, like I, I already had a little bit of a quote platform, um, and was, and I was used to like sharing things. And so when we started going through our infertility journey, I was like, it was a natural progression for me to share that Mm -hmm. because I, you know, had this ability to be, honest with my followers and open and things like that and so and that you know that has led to a lot of different things and a lot of relationships and so it's really interesting to just sort of look back and see like oh yeah like even if it wasn't like because of food blogging it's because I had this skill or this right interest or whatever like it's, it, it's been very surprising. Yeah. It's definitely, it was definitely like a long, long-term thing. It wasn't like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I just, you know, over the years. Um, and then what was the second question? What do I like? Your favorite. My favorite thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love getting to do something I really enjoy and make money to support my family doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that my daughter's going to get to see that and know that, like, you don't have to just sit in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up thinking, like, you just sat in a cubicle all day and that's how you made a living. And I didn't know that there was anything else that you could do. Right. Um, and so I like that I get to make a living doing something I love and I'm passionate about and I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And that Eden gets to see that and you know yeah I think that's really important I think that's something that I really like too is that my kids can see like what I'm doing and they mm-hmm. see like when I'm taking photos they'll like be like when we're eating a dish they'll be like is this for the for the, the client that you work for is this like for you right. like do you have to take photos and stuff like they understand what I'm doing yeah and I think that's really cool to show them like all the different perspectives like Granted, my husband and I both work from home, mm-hmm. but he's just, like, holed up in his office, and, like, he, he's a programmer, it's which really is not... really much to show. <laughs> like, here's a bunch of gobbledygook on a page. Yeah. <laughs> really exciting. Um, but I like that it shows that, like, I'm doing all these things, and I'll go on trips, and I'll, right. like, still do conferences and things like that. Like, I am right. expanding my, like, professional... level even though I'm not like in a traditional job right and I think too like our kids are going to grow up with an understanding of like okay like we are content creators we're making something Mm -hmm. um and I think that they'll grow up with an understanding of like 
things that are made are they don't just appear Mm -hmm. like art does not just appear on a wall right there's a lot that goes into it and you know whether you're you know a painter or you're making you know uh, something to use in the home or like whatever kind of artist or creator independent creator you are um because i think that so many people are like i don't understand why they charge so much money like we took hours to make this you know how much supplies cost right exactly (laughs) like our kids will have even though like it's a different medium like they'll Mm -hmm. have an understanding of like oh like there's a lot that goes into being a creative yeah okay so same questions to you uh so i would say the most surprising thing for me would definitely be that um i have made all of my best friends because of food blogging (laughs) Like every single one of my best friends is because of food blogging, which is crazy to me to think about. Like, I, cause especially because I, you know, I was a teenager when like people started getting the internet yes. and everybody was like, the internet. That's where you make creepers. Be scared of other people. You don't want to meet other people. I'm like, yeah, All I remember back when internet friends. dating was like, oh my God, <gasps> you're going to meet a weirdo. I mean, you can still meet a weirdo internet dating, but... <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I've met all of my best friends because I had a food blog. Mm-hmm. And these are people that, like, not just you, obviously, right. but other people that I will be friends with for life. Like, they're, right. they're my that, peeps. They're people, my homeboys. They're my sweet cheeks. Like, <laughs> in the pinned texts on your iPhone, yeah. your nine people you text every day. Yes. <laughs> I don't necessarily text all my, my friends every day because... I'm more cogn- I'm also cognizant of the fact that like they have normal jobs. Well, yes, <laughs> and they can't just text me back all day long. So I'm like, I want to text you twenty thousand things a day, and that's probably going to be annoying for you. Yes, I have a. I know who I can spam. If yeah. can spam. Yes. <laughs> I can send every waking thought I have to Megan, but yes. maybe not to Aaron. <laughs> yes, and I did like all of the jobs that I had um, since starting a food blog definitely like were because I had a blog but it's more for me is the friendship parts yeah. because having been in you know corporate jobs or whatever like I'm not friends with any of those people anymore no. like I might be connected with them on Facebook right but we're not friends it's like you know the same right. sense of like you're connecting with people from high school on Facebook right you might see them if you go home but right. like, exactly. you're not gonna hang out and be like yes can't wait to see this person again yeah it's a very unique community yeah and it's funny too because a lot of those people are no longer food bloggers yeah it is interesting a lot but i'm still like they're still my best friends Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 funny partially because i also my kids are like you know we moved to a new town so they're still like in the process of like making friends Mm -hmm. and stuff and we're also kind of been like, you know, my teenager is going to be in high school this year. And so we're like, you know, you're probably going to make really good friends in high school. Mm-hmm. But also don't sweat it if, like, you don't. Because I didn't make, like, my best friends until I was in my 30s. So yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. And you never know, obviously, like, where those people are going to come from. Yeah. Um, And then my favorite thing is actually getting nice comments from people it's so nice we get a lot of really crappy comments and so when you get a nice comment especially 
if they like write an email oh my gosh they're so sweet and so lovely and like just the fact they take the time to be like I really appreciate what you do or if they say they made a certain recipe and they served it at a party and everyone loved like that is the nicest thing that a food blogger can get basically is a nice comment I had like like money's good but like like feeling good about what you do yeah, I had a little old lady who emailed me, like, in 2020. So I wasn't even, like, actively food blogging really then on my own site. But she had found, like, one of my sourdough recipes. And she had a question about sourdough starter. And so we just ended up in this, like, lovely little email chain with each other. And um, it, like, came up that I had a newborn girl. And... Um, I ended up sending her some of my dried sourdough starter with mm-hmm. like the instructions of how to like rehydrate it. And she sent me, uh, a, she sent Eden a book and she sent me a jar of like marmalade she had made. I was like, this is so sweet. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just so delightful. Yeah. Really like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. It makes all the people who like yell at you for trying to ruin their lives feel better. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, for me, especially when it's like a little old lady. I have a lot of little old lady fans yeah. and readers. <laughs> There's like something especially just like pure. I'm like, protect, <laughs> protect them at all costs. <laughs> so lovely. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you have any other thoughts, final thoughts about food blogging? I, you said you're like jealous of the people that like came in. Oh man, it's it's not that it's easy now, but it's that the, everything is already figured out for you. Right. There's like a definitely it is it's so interesting because we again like started in the dark ages of food blogging and when no one was really making a living doing it. Yeah. It was like a couple of people. They're like two people maybe. Yeah. And so we had to like figure it all out along the way and now there's like literally entire blogs about how to start blogs mm-hmm. and like make them like monetizable is that the right word sure sure it is now uh like within you know a six month period or whatever yeah and you know not trucking along like making 50 cents a week being (laughs) like what what is happening um so yeah i don't know it's it's it is and it's (laughs) it's a journey because now we have all of this old content that still needs to be updated i think also they have the benefit of they're not unlearning. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard to unlearn all the things that we used to do that no longer are good because mm-hmm. whether, you know, times have changed or we didn't realize that that advice was actually bad. Right. Like they can just do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Like right now we are all going back basically and adding step-by-step photos to everything and adding photos of ingredients. And I don't know how many years ago it was, but we had been told, you don't need to do that. People don't want step-by-step photos. They just want pretty pictures. You need four, three to four pictures of the pretty thing, and that's all you need. And so now we're like, had to go back to so many and things. And when you're a person who hates change, and like I don't, change makes your brain melt, you're like, oh no. It's, it's, it's definitely like, it's not just that you're changing, it's, it's more that like you definitely have to like go back yes. and redo everything. Yes. 
it'd be fu- it'd be one thing if I could just do it going forward, but now I'm like, yes. well, all of these old ones are terrible. Yes. Yeah. It's a bummer. I do really like taking new pictures and comparing them to my old pictures, that is, though. That is pretty satisfying. Especially when you remember when you took that old picture and you thought it in was 2012 amazing. and you thought it was great. Like, this is so good, <laughs> and now you're like, <laughs> bless my heart. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> a summer child (laughs) oh man well Megan what's bringing us joy this week um so uh one of my aforementioned friends that I made through food Mm -hmm. blogging she and I are going to Scotland in a couple of months so jealous let's see what is it August like three months now we're going in October I'm so excited she goes every single year and last year when she went I was like can I please come with you next year (laughs) And luckily for me, she said yes. Uh, I mean, it was possible she could say no because, you know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the solo trip. Yeah. Um, and so now that it's getting a lot closer, we've been getting like really deep into planning. And we have differing but complementary planning styles. Perfect. So over the weekend, I made a spreadsheet timetable with Excellent. like the day and the time of the thing that we're going to do mm-hmm. and the thing that we're going to do and then the place that we're going to do it at. Yes. So it's like a nice little beautiful spreadsheet. A logical spreadsheet. Yes. And I sent it to her and I'm like, I'm sure you have something that you've already started planning. She was like, absolutely not. No. She was, uh, she's like, yes, of course. Here is my pinned Google map. My random ass <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> she had a Google map. Uh, with all the pinned places divided by category. And so we have like both our little things. So like she has the map map of where it is in in Mm -hmm. time and space. And I have like the timetable. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like very much like, oh, I'm glad we like, we both planned differently, but like it'll work together. Yes. That's excellent. (laughs) So that was really exciting. And we have also been like ordering the things that we need. Like we needed to get, we both needed raincoats. And I needed new hiking shoes and other things that we need to get. So I like put in a big like LLB in order that it'll be here soon. Nice. Um, so it's very exciting. I can't wait. Especially because we're going, uh, we're going to a lot of places. We've been going to a couple of places that she has been, but mostly new places. Oh, and my nice. like one wish list place was to go to the Orkney Islands. Okay. Uh, and to see Scarborough, which is a really old, like Neolithic mm-hmm. site that's really well preserved, and so uh, that's really exciting. We're gonna be there for a few days, and we might see the Northern Lights. <gasps> and oh. I'm bringing my camera, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna take photos of everything. <laughs> yes. So I'm just really, really excited, and I wish it was October. That's amazing. I also like that you are going with a friend who will. Like, what you needed to buy hiking shoes because you're going with a friend who will oh, do that with you. I mean, I have... Oh, to go hiking. Yes. Yes. We used to go... When I when we lived in the same city, we used to go on, like, long walks and hikes together. Because you know I love you, but... And I will go see all of the sites, but I'm not going on a vacation that requires me to buy hiking shoes. Uh, yeah. Specifically waterproof hiking shoes. Because oh, it gets soggy in Scotland. <laughs> I'll buy the raincoat. The raincoat makes sense. Even like, I'll buy some cute galoshes. Some like kinky galoshes. Mm-hmm. Because of the rain. Right. But waterproof hiking boots? 
hell no. So I love <laughs> this journey for you that you are going with your like, I need to buy waterproof hiking boots, friend, and you can like have that experience. And then like maybe if we ever go, we can have the non-waterproof hiking boots experience. Right. Yeah. So there's also a thing that um, we're not doing this because uh, we're like doing our own thing in Scotland, but I found out in my like Instagram trolling of people traveling in the British Isles, there is a company that does like can't remember what it's called it's not necessarily backpacking Mm -hmm. but it's like hiking through places and like someone takes care of your bags for you so you stay at like a Mm b&b or wherever like along the way you're not Mm -hmm. camping outside but you're basically it's like a, a sort of like a hiking tour oh interesting through places and so these people that i was watching their video on they like did it through part of ireland and i'm like well i want to do that next <laughs> and then it'll obviously not be something that you would do but... well, i can't take <laughs> Steffi on that that would be a hard pass from her yeah it would be way too much time spent outside in the elements 100 percent. uh yes it is quite wet in britain my in hair ireland. my hair says no <laughs> ade would also not go she and i are the ones that are always like no that our hair will not do that thank you goodbye <laughs> I mean, the benefit of it is that it is, like, rolling hills, mostly, yeah. and not necessarily, like, mountains. It is, like, beautiful countryside. Like, I can see, like, if I were going to hike through a countryside, like, Ireland, Scotland would be it, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to do that. Right. Not when sure. vehicles exist. <laughs> I could take, like, a bus tour. Thank you. I'll get out. I'll see the sights. So you're never going to hike the Camino, is what you're saying. 100% not. <laughs> no. We went, when we went and visited Julia in Tahoe, we did go on like a, a low key hike. Like it was a hike, but it wasn't like a. Right. I mean, you did visit hike. Julia. Like you have to expect Yeah. I mean, that. and we were in the mountains and like that was fine because we were like a high enough elevation. There weren't any mosquitoes or anything. And it was like a nice, like pretty mild day. Mm. But I was like, okay, well that was enough. Um, like everyone else could have kept going for hours and I was like mm, I think it's time for lunch <laughs> let's go back to the car and go get some lunch they knew that going into it though so it's fine good. you know but well yes I'm so excited for you and your trip what's bringing you joy um <laughs> sounds so dumb um crispix cereal is my current I love crispix so I much I'm currently hyper fixated on crispix cereal I ate like two family-sized boxes like by myself over the course of a week and I went and I bought two more family-sized boxes <laughs> at the People's Kroger yesterday. I just I just really into it. Crispix has been my favorite cereal since I was a child yes, and people always thought it. I was weird for it well, because it's kind of it's like not sugary. No I've never liked I sugary cereals it. though. I like if I have like a sugary cereal, I have to offset it with a non sugar. Like I have to combine. Mm-hmm. Like if I have Honey Nut Cheerios, I have to have half regular Cheerios in there because otherwise it's too sweet. Oh, see, that's why you get the multigrain Cheerios because it's oh a mix. yes, I love multigrain Cheerios. <laughs> oh, now I need some multigrain Cheerios. But yes, I love a Crispix. Also, like Crispix are different than Chex. I think, yes, I don't remember if we've talked about this on while we were recording or if you and I have just had this conversation. But I know we have talked about the fact that like. You can't just put corn checks and rice checks in a bowl together and have the same experience same. as eating Crispix. It's totally different. And Crispix mix is a different experience than eating Chex mix. I have actually never made Crispix mix because usually what I do with Crispix is 
melt butter in a saute pan, saute the crispix, and add seasoned salt, and that's all I do. Why is that not on one of your websites? Because there's no search volume for it. As yes, but the price you join, you're going to make it anyway. <laughs> also something I have been making since I was a child. I mean, sounds damn good. <laughs> I eat, the, eat the shit out of that. Right? Okay, well, you have to make that next time we have when we have our crafting night and we make sure. posters. <laughs> Snackies. Uh, so yeah, Christmas cereal is bringing me. At least I didn't say Raisin Bran. Like at least I'm not. Crispix that is old. great. I think people are sleeping on Crispix. Oh, we're a big fan of Crispix in our house. Yeah, I think. Um, I also really love uh, the Quaker Oatmeal Squares and always have. I don't eat those, but I did used to eat the ones that used to, that had fruit inside of them. Oh. They you I can't remember who made them, but it was like an oat square, yeah. basically, or like a shredded wheat. Uh huh. And it had, like, a little tiny bit of, like, blueberry jam in the middle. Jammies down there. I vaguely remember those. Yeah. I yeah. like those a lot. Yeah. I've always been... The... the oh, now I want frosted mini wheats. See? They're too dry for me. And they get soggy. I don't like soggy cereal. Oh, I don't eat cereal with milk. Oh. Uh, oatmeal squares, I don't eat... I can go either way. I'll, like, eat a handful of the dry Crispix, mm-hmm. and then... I don't eat cereal as cereal. I eat it, like, as a snack. Even though I'm... Even though I am neurodivergent and usually like the small spoon, <laughs> most of the time when I eat cereal, I eat it with like a big like soup spoon because the thing I like less than the big spoon is soggy cereal. Sure. That freaks me. Out. Like there's certain cereals I cannot, like I love Honey Bunches of Oats, but those flakes get so soggy so fast. <laughs> I have to put like three drops of milk in and just like add three more drops like as it goes. It's too much. So anyway, all of that to say, I can't do mini weights because they get soggy too fast. Sure. And they're smushy. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. It's no, it's no good. So I just don't <laughs> add milk at all. That's, That's fair. Yeah. That, that is that one is definitely like you. You could eat that one dry, but you yeah. need a glass of milk with it because it will make your mouth yes. a desert. Yes. So those are our thoughts on cereal. Yeah. We could have made that a full episode. <laughs> Maybe we will. <laughs> So until next time, uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Bye.